Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Hey friends, before we get started, I'm going to throw a little ad your way. As a cyclist, what is a spring all about? It's about getting your bike ready and learning some specific skills on how to deal with a bike mechanical while out for a ride. Let me ask you this. Do you avoid going long distances because you're afraid of experiencing a flat and not knowing what to do and possibly having to phone someone to pick you up? I can totally relate. I used to be that way. Now to avoid having that ever happening, I have something for you. I have created an online bike maintenance webinars and local hands-on clinics. Check the website for new dates regularly. Here's what you will learn. How to take your back wheel off, how to change a flat, how to adjust brakes, repair a broken chain, patch a flat. In addition, you will learn how to use the tools you're carrying in your bike bag, such as Allen keys and a chain brake tool, tire levers, how to use your pumps, what are chain links and how to use them. With these new skills and confidence, you will be able to handle any mechanical while cycling alone or in a group. No matter where you are globally, you can benefit from one of these webinars. If you're local, the clinics are more for you, and that's for Ottawa, Ontario area. I've been teaching these clinics for over 10 years, and trust me when I say, everyone learns something. A recording will be provided for the webinars, as well as Amazon shopping lists for both webinars and clinics for the bike tools that you will be using and learning how to use. Make sure to secure your spot today at www.sylviedaou.ca or bmcclinic.ca. Thank you very much and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Deu. And we have an amazing interview lined up for you today with Will Geegan, who is the team owner manager for Floyd's of Leadville Racing Team. So he is in, he has. Um, Floyd's of Leadville racing has secured the title sponsor with Floyd. And I'm not going to go into too much detail because this is why we have Will on the podcast and he's going to tell us all about how this came to be. So welcome Will to the podcast. Thank you, Sylvia. It's very nice to be talking to you. I am so excited. So I didn't mention this before we started, but I always do ask my guests how they got into cycling first and then how it kind of led into where you are today with working with Floyd. Sure. Well, that's a, that could take the whole 
that could take the whole 70 minutes to be perfectly honest. However, I got into cycling my freshman year of college. Uh, I'd been a runner in high school and didn't really like running. Got to college, couldn't have a car on campus, so got a mountain bike, rode a lot. Invariably, your bike needs repair. Met the people in the shop who were doing group rides and started doing that and got heavy into mountain biking right away. That's 1989. 89. Oh, my God. 89. 89, I graduated from high school. <laughs> I was like... Me too. Oh, did you really? Oh, my God. That's so funny. Not, not obviously in the same place, but... Wow. So, so is that where... Did you go into racing a lot of mountain biking at that time? Or how did your, yeah. how did your mountain biking take you to... Um, to where you are today so started learning how to mountain bike race back in the late 80s you know early 90s got better and better and better um got my pro license at the end of 92 and raced norbas and world cup professionally for eight years oh wow okay so through that time in 1993 i met floyd as he was a junior racer I was from Ohio. He was from Pennsylvania. We went to the Norba finals in Michigan and in the feed zone for the junior race, I saw his dad kind of struggling, Paul, Paul, uh, Paul Landis and offered to help him out because I'd seen him at races with his son Floyd and right. offered to, you know, support the race. And then Floyd won the junior race and was the junior national champion of 93 and just became, you know, quick, close friends with Floyd and maintained that friendship all through the 90s. In 1997, I secured Chevy Trucks as the title sponsor of my own team. Okay. And then in 98, hired, hired Floyd and all my friends in 98. And we had a big old team traveling everywhere, racing mountain bikes and road bikes that year. A little bit of road bikes. Oh, um, wow. So, so what was your race team? Back in the day. Chevy trucks, team Chevy trucks. Oh, okay. It was team Chevy trucks. Oh my God. That, I like that. That's gotta be a boy, like a guy's, you know, greatest, uh, <laughs> greatest endeavor to have Chevy trucks as their, did you get a truck as well? Yeah. Everybody got a truck. What? <laughs> oh my God. Was, Those are the was, days of abundance. I tell you. <laughs> Yes, the the heyday of mountain biking was fun. Yeah. So that was so nonetheless. That, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, after '98, Chevy Trucks moved over to GT, and we lost our title sponsor. And then Floyd and I switched to road cycling for '99. Okay. And is that and where he went to Europe? No. So in, what, 19, um, in, 19, in 1999, mm -hmm. we switched to road and caught the attention of Mercury team, road racing team, and they offered Floyd a job. So Floyd jumped onto Mercury and rode for them for a couple of years and then moved to postal service in 2002. Okay. And that's where so I, 
so I so I effectively stopped racing in '99, end of '99. Okay, is that is that where you created your company? No. I started working again for Floyd right after his positive test in 2006 and became okay. his manager and hired all the attorneys and ran the legal process for Floyd. And that didn't end real well. So mm -hmm. nonetheless, uh, I moved into other types of work, marketing and promotional work for some tech companies. Uh, but then I basically stopped riding my bike from 2000 till just a little over a year ago. Oh, I mean, I, I wrote, I wrote a little bit, but not, not training, not riding. Mm -hmm. So, but working for Floyd, we, uh, you know, we, we fought his fight and lost mm -hmm. and he started doing other work pursuing other types of things for a career. He did go back to racing briefly, um, but I really wasn't tied in on that. Mm -hmm. um, and then this last year, last fall, in October, uh, Floyd Zaledville, the CBD company, exhibited at Sea Otter. Oh, and okay. my wife works for Floyd and does marketing and events. And someone couldn't make the sea otter race, so I volunteered to be the labor for the weekend. And during that week, getting ready for the race or for the event, we saw that Tinker Juarez, three-time world champion, had been released by Cannondale. And the intriguing part is Floyd and I spent seven, eight, nine years trying to beat Tinker at Norba's and World Cups. <laughs> and, you know, we, we couldn't do it. I mean, he was just too good. Right. You know, and so we chased and chased and chased him for years and years and years. So we have this very mutual respect for Tinker, kind of one of our heroes, and just an all-around great guy. So when we saw that he had been released by Cannondale, I immediately texted Floyd and said, "Hey, we, this is crazy. They don't, you know, they're going to just dump him. We've got to do something." And so he agreed. Yeah, let's let's do something. Let's work with him. Maybe we sponsor him. I said, yeah, let's, let's get something going with him. I'll meet him at Sea Otter. So Floyd decided to come to Sea Otter. We had a meeting with Tinker and agreed to pick him up and make a program built around him, you know, build a sponsor package for him uh -huh. and support him at and such. And so after that week, it took about two weeks of thinking, and we decided if you're going to have one racer, might as well help three or four. It can, it's not that it's so much more work, but it's mm -hmm. better value to sponsor. Right. So, but we uh, but we knew a traditional team, you know, a, um, you know, a road oriented team style approach wouldn't really work for gravel racing and mountain bike racing. So, you know, we made we developed this dispersed, you know, kind of non traditional group of people, which included another young kid. Um, who's no longer with us. He's just quit the team that I met at Sea Otter. And we had met through some mutual friends, a racer named Taylor Ledeen, who is a 
ultra endurance and gravel racer from originally Phoenix, but now lives in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And we approached him and, you know, gave him the concept of the team and what we're going to do. And he was immediately, immediately full, full tilt. So we're, we're lucky we've gotten connected with some really quality people who really just want to have fun. Taylor's a very competitive high-end elite athlete. He, you know, he won Unbound XL last year in Emporia, mm -hmm. the long you know, gravel race. Yeah. He won that by uh, some good amount. And I had seen him at a race last fall in September in Arizona. I watched him handily dispatch four or five guys from a road team who were trying to work him over in a gravel race in Arizona and was extremely impressed. I mean, this, this gravel race was very difficult and he had no problem just, you know, dispatching this group of guys. So I thought to myself, that's the kind of racer that I want to be involved with. Mm -hmm. That's how we got connected with Taylor. And then we have uh, Jean-Vierre Jensen, um, one of our, another mutual friend, Paul Thomas, who's, let's call it a, a director of the team and a racer. He has a very long history in endurance sports and has a significant amount of networking. And through his travels and experience, he got to know Jean-Vierre in the past and knew that she was emerging from her hiatus of her uh, trauma and mm -hmm. such. So we're we met, met with Jean-Bierre and talked about what we were doing to see if that would be something she'd be interested in. And she, she was. She feels gravel is a new beginning for her, a new experience, a new adventure. You know, the goal of the team is to have fun and race our bikes and have a good time and try and deliver value for sponsors. So that's how we got connected with Jean-Bierre through our other racer, Paul Thomas. The company who sponsors us for the bikes is called Squad Cycles, based oh, in Montreal. Yeah. Owned by Patrice Lemieux. And he also is close with Jean-Vievre, being a kind of a local to her neck of the woods. Yeah. And helped make that, make that connection possible. Mm -hmm. So that's how we pulled the roster of people. Taylor, Tinker, Jean-Vievre, Paul. And then we have Floyd, who's now back riding to some extent, who's going to do some races. I'm back in reasonable shape, so I'm going to do some races. Uh -oh. And Dave Zabriskie is also tied to Floyd's company, Floyd's Leadville, and he's expressed interest in being part of some of the stuff we're going to do. So we do have some pretty good talent once everyone's in good shape to be able to come to races and have some fun. Yeah, that's super exciting. I didn't, I forgot yeah, squad um, squad cycles uh, in Montreal. I've uh, I've met Patrice. Uh, he's quite the uh, individual. I really like him. Um, and uh, I've also, uh, for those who are listening, uh, very shortly my interview with Taylor Lindine will come out. So you have to check that out. But um, so this is your start of the season. I think it just started uh, a week or so ago. And, um, well, hold on, you, hold on. Sorry. Yeah. Interrupt. We began our season January 29th in Temecula at a race called gravel and wine. Like oh, whining, okay. not, not wine drink. Oh, the whining. So we, 
Yeah. So gravel and wine was our first race. Um, Tinker got fourth. Floyd was about eighth. I raced, but got a three flats in the first hour. So I was like 35th or 38th. And really the results are secondary to everything else. We made a lot of friends, you know, promoted the CBD brand, Floyd the Leadville. Mm-hmm. And Tinker did, you know, 100 autographs, you know, 100 selfies with people on Instagram. And that was, that's the objective is to connect with the community, you know, be welcoming, help people uh, experience CBD and learn about the products that can help them in their lives and just have a good time. Yeah, I love so that. that. First, yeah, end of January, first race. Then the next race was, shoot. Oh, well, we did, that- I'm sorry, we did a training camp in February in Fallbrook, California. So we brought everybody into the training camp right near Temecula for seven, eight days of good riding. Um, that then moved straight to Tucson, where Taylor had been preparing for months for the 24 hours of old Pueblo mountain bike race, which he does solo. Mm-hmm. So Taylor in, in his race resume has been second before. I believe he's won it at least once, but 24 hours of old Pueblo is a mountain bike race outside of Tucson. And that's one of Taylor's big objectives for the year. So we went to that to support Taylor. And somehow Paul and I got roped into being on a corporate team because a couple of their riders either had a family emergency or were injured, you know, some reason they couldn't do it. So we got pulled in to do laps for a a corporate team. So we had Taylor in the solo race and then Paul and myself doing laps with this composite mountain bike team. So that was, that was a good weekend. It's a wonderful event where uh, we exhibited the the products. We had a Mm -hmm. booth and Unfortunately, Taylor had a minor health scare, uh, had to drop out of the race. We withdrew him from the race, so he was unable to challenge Keegan. At the time he withdrew, he and Keegan were still riding together seven, eight hours into the race, you know, matching pace, matching effort. And, you know, unfortunately for Taylor, we just, you know, he just couldn't continue in the race. So he's now gone through a number of health checks and Mm -hmm. is now back on the verge of back to hard training and racing. Yeah. I um I sent him a quick message and asked him. He said he passed out on the course. That yeah, was it was a, it was a scary moment. You know, he's yeah. riding along and kind of short circuited and fell to the ground. Luckily, it wasn't <laughs> somewhere dangerous. It was you know a reasonably smooth part of the trail. Yeah. So he he didn't. I mean, he explained it to me that next thing he knows, he's riding along talking to Keegan. They're you know talking about something coming up and how to handle a downhill or where to drink water or whatever. And next thing you know, he wakes up and someone's saying, Hey dude, are you okay? Looking over him. He's on the ground. So with that, with that in mind, you know, it's not, it's not safe to just jump back on your bike and keep racing. Yeah, that is, that was the first thing I thought too, was thank God it wasn't at a, you know, technical part of the course as well. Or or right into some cactus. I think he did hit some cactus, but didn't get too (laughs) To, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> he didn't get didn't get too mangled up um, yeah so then after tour i'm sorry after 24 hours of old play blow uh the program that we're on took us to south carolina to a place called clinton south carolina outside of columbia 
and it is was part of the Southeast Gravel Series, which is a, a racing series, obviously in the southeast of the U.S., but mostly in the South Carolina, North Carolina region. So we were just there two weekends ago now, and we, Floyd came down, Taylor came out, didn't race, just kind of rode parts of the parts of the course with me. Floyd raced, I raced. We didn't race particularly great, but we also had introduced our new sponsor, which is Reed's Ginger Ale. So we we had our Reed's truck uh, from the company come up and do a sampling event with the you know 1,400, 1,500 total people who are in attendance. So you know the the program for the team is promotion and sales facilitation for the Floyd's Leadville CBD brand. And then for all the sponsors. So at the Southeast Gravel, Southeast Gravel is sponsored by Boyd Wheels, Boyd Cycling, and they are one of our sponsors. So we work in kind of a unified way with the race series and the sponsors to put together an expo area that, you know, can drive traffic around our sampling with reeds, you know, education around our CBD products, and then, you know, promoting the products that we race on, like the wheels or the tires from Kenda or saddles from Cel Repente or squad bikes. So we have a, a nifty program to promote all the sponsors, not just in the race when you're out on the dirt, you know, 30 miles from anywhere, but back at the, at the venue, the start finish expo that allows us to get, you know, personal with the crowds, get to meet people, talk about how they're doing, explain to them the benefits of CBD, show them the bike, show them the equipment, offer them a cold wreath, ginger ale, that kind of thing. I love the, uh, the balance that you have there. Cause I was in, I was on uh, Floyd's website, looking at his CBD products. And I was really surprised. Cause like um, in Canada, it's, you know, you don't get so much of it. Cause it's not like, they started to really restrict CBD here. Um, but yeah. in the States, it seems to be like, way more open and a lot more states are are getting into it and selling yeah. it and i was surprised about the products they had actually like the um the protein the hydrate mm -hmm. um the the rubbing oil well i'm not like i'm but the other the the more the the um the nutrition products um yeah we're we are we have been focused on developing athlete centric line of products. So yeah. things that benefit, you know, the protein recovery, the mm -hmm. hydration, the, but nonetheless, with that comes access to all the other, you know, the tincture, you know, the oil that you ingest, mm -hmm. uh, soft gel caps, the topicals, which are very good sports cream for your sore joints or sore back, yeah. warming balm to get you going cooling balm to help you recover but we have two approaches for cbd essentially there's a a black label and that is called full spectrum so full spectrum cbd is natural cbd in the sense we don't affect the ingredients so in hemp oil that you extract from a hemp plant there's a trace amount of thc and i say trace i mean 0.03%, you know, extremely finite amount, which in nature just occurs, you know, as it grows. It's not a cannabis plant, it's a hemp plant. So um, we have that black label, which is called full spectrum. 
and that does contain that trace amount of THC. And then there's the white label products, which are called isolate, which is where we distill the hemp oil and get rid of that trace amount of THC. So when we speak with the public at an event or get questions through the website, you know, people want to know, well, I test positive if I'm at my job, you know, I'm a truck driver, I'm an FAA employee. Right. I need, mm-hmm. I have to not have any THC in my system. So that's, that's the purpose of the isolate. And it's also safe for young, young uh, athletes, young people who may, you know, their parents may not want to expose them to, or even permit them to ingest a full spectrum product. So right. the isolate is also suitable for CBD for people younger than 18. So the benefits of CBD can be realized by anybody of any age, you know, athletes, especially who, who get the, you know, pain of training and the inflammation from their workouts. CBD's, you know, biggest benefit in my mind is anti-inflammatory. So it works to knock away the inflammation that causes pain from your workout. Wow. That is really cool. Yeah. yeah. So Floyd's level CBD is one of the, if not the highest quality impurity products available. We, uh, we grow and source the hemp that we use for the hemp oil from Pennsylvania, from Amish farmers. There's a coalition of Amish farmers in Floyd's, I don't want to say neighborhood, but from where <laughs> he grew up in, in right. Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. So he's got still strong ties into Lancaster County. Mm-hmm. And these Amish farmers had been struggling with different crops. Some of them used to grow tobacco. Now they don't grow tobacco, you know, so they're searching for their next commodity crop. And in that quest, Floyd connected them with the hemp uh, hemp operation. And they started planning and experimenting with growing hemp. And they've taken to it very well. And as you can imagine, being the Amish uh-huh. Uh, faith or sect or what you want to call it yeah. um they are not they're not using a pesticide or mm-hmm. some you know in their farming methods they are very clean and organic yeah you know they these are the people who don't even use zippers right so you know they use buttons so they're <laughs> not certainly not going to use some commercial pesticide on their crop you know they're very uh they keep things very simple so with that being really, said, that's the sort of hemp. So we're we're excited that to be working with these Amish hemp farming coalition in Pennsylvania for the supply of our hemp. That is really cool. So you have a, a stake in this as well? Like are you part partner or are you talking from like um the team owner slash working with uh Floyd as your as your title sponsor? Like yeah, well, it's it's a it's a very, it's a very convoluted kind of an answer. <laughs> I know so you have like I'm you know Floyd for so long. That's why I was just asking. Right. So yeah, so I'm I'm uh, I'm not any ownership. I'm not a I'm not I'm not even an employee to be perfectly clear. Uh, right. My wife is an employee. My wife works for the company, um, but when he started the company in 2015 2016, I started down a health escapade. So I had a stroke in 2015. Oh. And I was in rough shape for a couple few years there. 2018, I had two more strokes. Uh, not as bad as the first one, but you know, two strokes is no joke. Mm-hmm. So again, got put on the bench. So I've been on the bench 
kind of just doing health problems since 2015. Um, 2019, I thought I was having another stroke, went to the hospital, got an MRI. They're very, very cheerily, cheerily told me, you're not having a stroke. That's the good news. The bad news is you have multiple sclerosis. So, oh. oh, God. So um, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a health case. <laughs> wow, MS. Nice. Well, I know that you can, you can't completely reverse MS, but you can really, um, like it'll never go away, but you can definitely improve your health with what you're doing. Well, you let know, me explain a little more. Nutrition. Yeah. So okay. last year around end of January, our whole family had COVID very, very bad, like three weeks of pure sickness. And at the end of that, when I emerged from COVID, I decided, okay, this is, this is enough health problems. And I was a little overweight. I gained a little weight through all the pharmaceutical drugs they give you for MS and for, mm -hmm. you know, blood issues with the stroke. And I got very aggravated with my situation. I decided to get out my mountain bike, destroy my medicine, just take CBD and just start riding again. So I slowly built up, you know, February, March, April of last year. Mm -hmm. You know, finally able to ride two, three, four hours every other day. May I got out my road bike, found Strava, started being able to train a little more, you know, intently. Was able to build up. So in August of last year, was up to, you know, 17, 18, 20 hour weeks. And then in September and October, even more. Lost all the weight I had gained. So got back basically now to my race weight from 99, 2000, you know, about. 45, 50 pounds of weight loss. Wow. So, um, so I've kind of used CBD as my medicine, which it is, to keep my MS in check mm -hmm. and basically defeat, defeat the problems that I was having with health, health in my life. So yeah. with exercise, you know, like when I say exercise, I mean, you know, real training, you know, 20 hours of cycling a week mm -hmm. of real effort and real focused High level training so that's that's not that's not what normal people do who have strokes in ms so no <laughs> i i was i just i just had enough that was that was it yeah was no i get it being so that that led me to my first race last fall in september in 22 years went to the race in arizona where i saw taylor the dean defeat this this group of guys trying to beat him up and you know kind of witnessed his performance and was very impressed with his, how he handled himself and how he interacted with the public. And he's just such a good natured guy, just a genuinely guy, smart, funny, very approachable, very friendly. I mean, just the nicest guy you could meet. And so just felt this is somebody I want to, I want to work with. And that was just before Sea Otter. So I had seen Taylor before we even knew Tinker was going to be in our, in our life. So I thought, you know, this, this thing with Tinker kind of was impromptu. We didn't, we didn't know in advance that Cannondale was going to release him. And we didn't know in advance that we'd be having any kind of cycling team or program. So we just kind of, just kind of fell into place. And since I'd run teams before and obviously been an athlete, I, you know, can put this together for Floyd and for the, for the brand. And, um, so that's kind of the, again, that's the, that's the backstory of how we're around. 
Well, that's that's a great story, Will. I love it. Um, and I'm glad and I and I thank you for sharing that with me. So now you've got not only do you have Reed's ginger ale, but you did mention another partnership with Go for Graham Foundation. Right. Yep. We're we're extremely proud to be the group working with Go for Graham, which is a mental health awareness foundation based mm-hmm. in Denver. The people there are have set the objective in that people in, in their lives have the perception that any kind of mental health, even a question, hey, how are you feeling? How's your brain doing? You know, how, how, are, you, how are you as a person is some sign of weakness. And the stigma associated with that is if you're depressed, that must mean you have a weakness. Yeah. So are they able yeah. to, um, oh, sorry. I wasn't sure if you're oh. finished. Oh, no, I was just <laughs> going to say that their, their aim to shred the stigma is to make it okay and engage in the dialogue with people to talk about how they feel. Not your, mm-hmm. not your feelings like who you love, but how are you feeling? You know, what's your state? And we want to get through that barrier, especially at races, which is where we feel like we're able to really connect in our, in our discussions. If we're, let's give the example of the use case of we're at our expo booth. I'll use the example of this weekend in Mid-South at Stillwater. Floyd's of Leadville CBD has a booth. We have an expo area, tent, tables, products, to sample and products for sale and part of our dialogue is how are you feeling right you know so mm-hmm. how's your body right how's your mind doing you know what is your state of mind and now we're not we're not therapists however when someone says hey i'm man, i'm really struggling with this or that if they're willing to share we can refer them and give them information and resources for go for graham which does provide the facilitation to a therapist or to resources that a person can take advantage of. And again, we want to shred the stigma, overcome the barrier and connect people in our, in our circle of racing and the circle of cycling with resources that they can use to get better in their life. And that could be CBD. It could be new wheels. It could be go for gram, but we want to have that dialogue and connect with this racing community. Yeah, that's great. I've, I was, I was wondering if they were, would, would have been part of your expo or your, like your tea, your tent set up at the races. And that's cool. So you have material that you can hand out to people who come into your tent. Well, uh, to be clear, I'm, we don't print, you know, printed materials and make garbage and, you know, tear down trees. Right. We, we do all this digitally. However, mm-hmm. the, the program with Gopher Graham, you know, May of this year is uh, May of every year is Mental Health Awareness Month in the U.S. So yeah. for the month of May, we're going to be racing in. We have a racing team kit which is green, and all covered with logos for the sponsors. We shift during May to a purple-oriented kit, a purple theme oh. kit, which is the Gopher Graham color scheme. So for the month of May, Mental Health Awareness, we race and make available to anyone who wants to ride in one too, our racing kit in purple, not green. So we we have kind of a 
drive awareness and attention. I mean, by then we hope we'll be seen as those guys or girls racing in green and now suddenly we'll be in purple. So that should be, you know, a little bit of a, of a, it's obviously not a news item, but it should be at least be a differentiator. Mm-hmm. I would say great. Purple is a great, great color for uh, visibility as well. And I, I like that, um, that the state has a full month for mental health awareness, because here in Canada, we have like one day, you know, dedicated to Bell Let's Talk, which should be all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, spearheaded by Clara Hughes um, back a number of years. But um, yeah. I like the fact that uh, the States has a whole month. Uh, some, I think some. Yeah, we, and we're, we're especially about Taylor Ledine. He, mm-hmm. uh, he fired us in this direction. Yeah. He's been very open open with us and open with the public in in the racing community and just in life about his own struggles with depression and anxiety. Yeah. He's been very will, willing to share his stories and make it okay. And again, as a symbol of courage, make it okay for us to talk about how you feel with a stranger. And, and the, the beauty of the situation for him is he's such an amazingly nice guy when you speak with him, yeah, you can talk about how you feel because he's such a nice guy. He just wants to listen and, and be an ear and help you out. You know, mm-hmm. there's no, you know, he's not talking about himself. He's talking about you. He's listening to you talk. So he's, yeah. he's just a great, a great example of shredding that stigma and overcoming that barrier, making it okay. Yeah. You know, Hey, I've been depressed. I have anxiety. These are my triggers. This is what causes me to get stressed out and become anxious. Mm-hmm. These are the reasons why I'm depressed in my life. This is what I do to overcome it. That's my story. How are you doing? You know, when someone tells you how they feel and what they've, what they've faced, it's a lot easier to talk about how you're feeling. Yeah, I know it was great talking to him and having him open up on his episode, which by the way, for our listeners is 201. So you can go back and uh, have a listen at um, with, uh, my interview with Taylor. So, but that's really cool. Cause, um, like each, it seems like each one of your, um, I will say each one of your teammates does have their own story, um, when right. it comes to, to mental health. And I think, you know, that in itself is, is pretty strong because, um, each one of them can offer help if, and, um, you know, uh, an ear to listen. And I know Taylor always, like he mentioned on my interview that if, you know, and this was for the listeners, if anybody needed someone to talk to, he is easily accessible through social media um, for a conversation, which I thought was pretty cool because not too many people would offer that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, he's a really nice he's guy. A, guy. He's, a, he's a really special person. Mm-hmm. I, you know, not having, you know, I saw him and didn't formally meet him in the race in Arizona that I did with him. Um, however, I spent, you know, the whole winter working on the team with him. He's been instrumental in bringing in sponsors, making introductions, and his reputation as a racer being very strong and, you know, dedicated. He's, he has quite a lot of support around the world. 
So, yeah. you know, as you mentioned, the different stories and personalities on the team, you know, Tinker being the, you know, legend of mountain, a legend of mountain biking, you know, multinational champion, multi-world champion, you know, he's, he's 61 now. So for people who are, um, you know, thinking, I uh, get into cycling, but I'm too old, you know, you know, Tinker has been racing since he was 10 or 11 years old. Wow. And he's never taken, he's never taken a year off. In fact, he told me he's barely taken more than three or four days consecutively off. Huh. So he's That's a, a racer through and through. So right. a tinker, you know, he represents a, a, a visibility and an image that, you know, is, is world renowned. He's recognized everywhere. He goes to Spain and does races, goes to Mexico does races is recognized everywhere germany brazil argentina he'll do the uh masters world championships for cross country in argentina in april so he'll be going for his fourth masters uci world mountain bike mountain bike title in april so we're we're excited to support tinker uh taylor obviously with his race resume being so strong you know he's got a lot of years ahead of him to, you know, chase those kinds of records that Tinker has. Right. Um, Jean Viev has a tremendous race resume and went through some hard times, not mm -hmm. dissimilar to Floyd, a little bit different, a little more traumatic in the sense she had a lot of trauma through some people around her mm -hmm. and, you know, was in a very difficult position. And with that emerged and overcame that that trauma in a way that it's 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 remarkable and it's heroic. So I have huge respect for Jean Vieve's ability to persevere and seek out a life for herself that can still include cycling. Because when you go through a rough time like that, you're not you're not really interested in riding your bike anymore. Yeah. So you know, all of us who ride, we all have a passion for pedaling and riding our bikes. Uh, so having her back, willing to go out, train the way she does, come to races, be a public person again, and not only be public, but be a voice for how to guide young athletes to avoid the wrong situations and, you know, make the most of their talent and their potential. So we have a lot of, um, a lot of support for Jean Viev and her, in her return to bike racing so this bike racing won't be road racing for her it will be gravel racing and some mountain biking so we're very thrilled that she's willing to put herself out here for us and be part of what we're doing well it's and almost further like, on the team oh sorry go ahead. go ahead no i was just saying it's just like she's reinventing herself like you said you know coming yeah, and, out and starting she, starting yeah. over yeah it's really a she's really a phoenix the ultimate phoenix <laughs> i love that so we're we're again we're thrilled to to work with jean Vieve and get her to the races and you know be part of how she's going to enjoy cycling again and bike racing so mm -hmm. um but then with uh paul thomas who is a a legendary endurance athlete i, I say that in the in the sense he as a runner growing up at 11 years old, Paul was the national mile champion of the United States. Wow. 
so his talent was visible, you know, at the very, very youngest ages. Uh-huh. He ran set records all through high school, won titles all through high school, was a runner in the NCAA at Arkansas, part of a very successful program there, um, turned professional into running, road racing, uh, running, and did well. In 94, he became, after a very short introduction to duathlon, where you run, bike, run, uh, or bike, run, bike, I can't remember the exact splits, but he won the national title of duathlon for the U.S. in 94, and then continued to run and do other things through the mid-90s. In 98, he returned to duathlon after training about a month, won the national title again in 98, and then also won the ITU world duathlon title with, you know, just a short brief time after the nationals. So Paul is an extremely accomplished athlete of all different types, got into road cycling in his early forties and immediately took to the road racing tactics. And, you know, he's very smart, very tactically astute and can handle himself against, you know, Paul's 53. He handles you know, the young guys, the 20 year old guys, the thirties mm-hmm. without, without any trouble at all. So we're, we're extremely proud to have Paul part of us. And he, uh, he races for us and he also helps me with some of the management activities with the athletes, with some of the race preparation, race, race day support. He's just got such a great work ethic. You know, it's, it's, it's a real, it's a real treat to have Paul part of our program too. Oh my God. Um, Taylor Tinker, Jean-Vievre, Paul. Dave. We've lost a couple along the way, you know, people who have decided to you know, do their own thing, which is great. Good for them. And then we have Floyd, who's decided that he does like riding his bike. He <laughs> doesn't mind. He's not thrilled to go out and ride really hard for three or 400 miles a week for, to get ready for races, but he's willing to do it because he knows we have a chance to have some fun that you just don't have unless you're racing. I mean, there's, there's a different experience you get than training where you train hard and you have a regular training group and you're training all the time. And that's great. You have good friends and you train hard, but in a race, you make different kinds of friends, right? You're at your maximum limit. You know, people are in pain and you're sharing that experience with them. And really we're not racing against people in these races. We're racing with them. We're racing, we're racing to get to the end. We're racing, you know, the distance, and the terrain. You're not you're not racing Jimmy from Oklahoma City. You're racing with this guy to see how quickly we can actually, as a group, get out to the end of the race. So you know, the beauty of gravel, in my my view, in these races I've done is there may be some tactics for the very front end of the race, but most of the race is about riding with other people and kind of being part of a rolling friendship. You know, you you build a little alliance. You know, even if you don't necessarily, you know, like the person, I mean, you don't have to like them like as a person, but <laughs> you're, you're, you're my ally on the road here on this gravel, and I'll, I'm not going to run you into a pothole or into a stick. I'll call it out and, and be courteous the way I would on a training ride, you know, so there's a little more community in gravel racing during the races than there is in some of the other formats, the other disciplines. Yeah, I think you're right about that. It's more... Um you know, to have, I mean, like you said, at the front is at the front. It's a different story at the back. We're riding to have fun, to finish, 
whatever it is your goal is. And um, yeah, I, I participated in my first gravel event last September. And uh, I had just got my gravel bike like, I don't know, a week before. But, you know, I've raced before um, for many years and I've mountain bike raced. And I'm like, how different can this be? And it was so much fun. You know, I, I had a bit of a different um, idea of what I was going to do for the event over my teammate. <laughs> like, I had my, you know, I had my goals, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was a whole lot of fun. And I had lots of fun by myself because I was mostly by myself for the whole time. <laughs> it's, but, it's, it's, definitely, it's an interesting format. You know, you do blend a lot of road, road riding and road racing skills Mm-hmm. You know, knowing where the wind is, knowing the best lines to take, knowing the racing line to get through turns. However, you're on dirt, which requires a different handling skill set. You know, and some of these gravel races, to be perfectly honest, some of them are you know, basically a mountain bike race. You know, they're yeah, they're so rough, they're so difficult. <laughs> and you know, you can do quite a lot on a gravel bike, but some of the gravel races are road races. It's just the same flip of the mountain bikes, you know, too, you know, very rough, but then some of them, and I use this race that we're racing Saturday in mid South, uh, the mid South here in Stillwater, it's significantly pavement. There is gravel, but it's, it's not the same, you know, quote unquote gravel as you would find say in Arizona or uh, even nearby in Bentonville, like at Big Sugar, where mm-hmm. you're racing on, you know, quite big rocks, lots and lots oh. and lots of big loose rocks, you know, right. uh, pool cue size rocks, you know, right. tennis ball size rocks. Mm-hmm. And they're just, you know, it covers the road. And so the the difference race to race to race is part of the uniqueness of gravel, of gravel racing. And that's what we're discovering and that's part of the part of what we talk about after the race. Hey, Timmy, Johnny, come over to our expo area, have a read, sit down, you know, sit in our router lounge, talk to Taylor, <laughs> talk to me, talk to Tinker, talk to Floyd, right? Talk to Jean Viev. How was your race? What did you think of those rocks on the downhill after the bridge? You know, what was, t- you know, we have that discussion. Now we're connected. Now we're having a conversation about the, the person who you're, you know, speaking with. So this is, this is the difference with gravel racing I've found is, you know, unlike a local road race where the road race ends, you may mm. have a podium award money, and then everybody gets in their cars and leaves. Yeah. You know, gravel racing is, is very community oriented, which we're finding to be a wonderful experience, but also a, a neat way to promote the brands that we work with. So Floyd the Leadville, I know your gravel experience may not be very deep, however, we're finding these gravel races early season are short 60 70 80 miles saturday will be the first long one it's like 104 or five and based on the type of racing it is it'll be six or seven hours mm-hmm. so you know the club in terms of endurance for the races coming in may june july where we get out to bwr races belgium waffle ride where they're 130 miles and that's right. that's long yeah. So we're when you're there somewhere racing along, racing with someone for five six hours, it's a long time to 
you know, get to know Timmy or Johnny, right? Or them to meet me or them to talk to Floyd or, or Taylor or Jean-Vierre. So you do develop a kinship, a, a fraternity with other racers that carries on after the race. Oh, I saw you after the race. Hey, you know, what's your next race? Where are you going now? You know, what's, you know, having that discussion that continues when you're done, you know, out on the course. And then how are you feeling? You feel bad? Come get a free CBD sample, right? Your leg, you know, <laughs> you told me you're, you're cramping, try the hydration, try the protein, right? So again, it's not all about just selling products. It's about, you know, that community and, you know, being a valuable part of it. Yeah, I found very drawn to that because, you know, you're right. Road racing is very cut and dry. You show up, you race, you don't mingle with anybody really, and then you leave. Um, and I found the gravel event and that's why I, I feel like very drawn to, to them. And I, first of all, love mountain biking. Like I started mountain biking before I started road cycling and I love the speed and the downhill. And that's why I just, I think I had the most fun just going fast downhill on a gravel bike, but, um, and, uh, and that's why I'm trying to, trying to figure out how I can get over and do Barry Roubaix over in um, we'll be, Michigan. I'll be there. I'm on our, I'm going to, can you pause it for a sec, Sylvia? I've got to open a garage door. Oh, sure. It's going to be loud. Hold on. Are you going to sit in the sun? Say again? Are you going to sit in the sun? No, we're going to pre-ride the course. Oh, <laughs> all right. I see why you're you have a time crunch. Yeah. Um, well, did you well, say you're going to be in Barry Bay? So yeah, so our spring swing of races with Pueblo, with Southeast Gravel, and with uh, now, Mid-South, we'll continue after Mid-South. I go up to Ohio for a gravel grinder ride that's put on by one of our sponsors, Kendra mm -hmm. Tires. And then the next weekend is Barry Roubaix. We'll You're going to be there? I'm going to be at Barry Roubaix. I'm going to race <gasps> and exhibit. Oh, I'm even more so motivated. Mm. After that, after Barry Roubaix, well, then proceed back out west and prepare for sea otter which is the first lifetime grand prix event and that's one of taylor's big objectives as well is he was chosen as one of the pool of athletes to compete for their prize purse mm -hmm. so we're we're very supportive of taylor's um endeavor to try and place as high as he can in the lifetime Grand Prix. He's drawn to it because three of the events are mountain bike races. The yeah, first yeah. one in Sea Otter is mountain biking. Mm. And so we're, you know, he's a, he's a mountain biker at heart. So we know he's got the skills and clearly the endurance and ability mm -hmm. to be competitive in that series. And it's important because it's the lifetime, one of the biggest race promoters. And they're also one of the, biggest supporters you know in terms of developing races having the race series bringing right. the prize purse up to a professional level and making it making it such that sport has a higher profile mm -hmm. and that may seem just for 
just for the pros, but it's really, to me, I appreciate it because I think it's more aspirational. People, right. when you start these races in general, you're starting with, it's a group start, it's a mass start. So similar to like, you know, marathons where they say go and it's just wave after wave of you know, people, you're just starting together and you just go down the road together. So you're racing, start the race with Taylor or start the race with Tinker, right? You start the race with Floyd. You're riding the same course that day with Floyd or Tinker. And you, if you can, you can ride with them the whole time. If that's what you, if that's your ability. <laughs> yeah. so, right. So lifetime, lifetime has the, the Grand Prix. Taylor is our, is our man for the Grand Prix. So we'll be at Sea Otter. Then a few more events in April. Then there's May 1st is Belgian Waffle Ride number one, which is uh, one of the biggest races in the United States of any type. Right. In terms of participants in the venue, well-supported Monuments of Cycling puts on perhaps the best event in San Diego, 10 or 11, 12 years now. And we're just thrilled to be the official CBD of Belgian Waffle Ride this year. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. It's so, going to be a fun year. We have. It sounds yeah. like it. So I won't keep you much more. Will, this has been exceptional. We've talked, ugh, I'm really looking forward to your year. We might have to have you back in the fall to uh, give a little update on sure. the, the exciting, how the summer went. Um, because, you know, it just seems like it's getting bigger and better and, and more exciting for you. So where can everybody find you guys? Where can our listeners find you on social medias? Sure. Where are you? So we are on Instagram and that's where we kind of chronicle okay. the travels and the, the activities that we're doing. And it's mm-hmm. Floyd's of Leadville underscore racing. Okay. And we have a website, floydsofleadvilleracing.com. And so we do have a couple of, you know, those digital assets that permit people to find us and stay connected. And I'm, I'm the primary digital person. So, you know, when I, when I, when there are updates to the Instagram, it's generally me this spring and me traveling and doing these races and being training camp and just making the stories as, as accessible as they can be, because mm-hmm. that's really, again, part of the objective is make what we're doing relatable and, and accessible to, you know, people who like cycling, you know, maybe they're not even racers. Maybe they just want to, you know, see what this is all about, see what it's like to, you know, kind of drive across the country and hit a bunch of races and make a lot of friends. So I think that sounds that's, exciting. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what we're doing for until, well, that's what we're doing all year, but the, the spring is really our, our kickoff of the team. This is the first year for the racing team. And we're, you know, we're trying to put ourselves out there so that people can see you just, just, just like riding your bike, just come out and ride, you know, race. Okay. Don't race, but come by, talk to us, you know, ask how we're doing, we'll ask how you're doing share some CBD with you, talk mm-hmm. about your bike. You know what? You know, we're just, we're just normal people, right? We're just people who like to ride like anyone else. Right. So remember everybody, 
check out their schedule of races and make sure you go and look for the Floyds of Leadville Racing tent, the green one. And then that's where you're going to find the team. And that's where you can have your chat, have your ginger ale, have try some CBD and uh, you know, get some pictures, get some autographs, right? Go look for you. Yeah, we're, we're, we'll be, we'll be there and we'll be available. You know, we're not jumping in the cars after the race and running off to the hotel and hiding. You know, we're, we're there to talk about what you're doing. Why are you here? You know, how is your race? Yeah. Do you, do you consume CBD to help in your life? You know, we want to be that accessible group that is, you know, available for whoever wants to talk or experience talk about your race talk about your training you know whatever we're all riders so mm -hmm. it's an interesting it's an interesting dialogue i love that thank you so much will for taking the time to be on the podcast and share this story with us um i think a lot of people are one of our largest um audience is in the united states so i think a lot of your gravel fans are going to find this really interesting. So thank you everybody for listening. Don't forget to follow both um, Floyd's of Leadville Racing on Instagram, as well as Seekers from the Saddle podcast on Instagram. And of course, we are always looking for uh, your review and feedback either on Apple podcast or on YouTube where you can watch this video with lots of amazing pictures that we're going to be adding so with that have an amazing day and don't forget to ride your bike and we'll be talking to you again will in the fall <laughs> thank you Sylvie. thanks everybody bye thank you so much for spending this time with me on the secrets from the saddle podcast learning more about sighting people places and things that make cycling such an exciting sport I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.